Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as He makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com. So it has already been said that we are in the third Sunday of Advent. Today we will reflect on joy. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Such a wonderful moment. In utero, cousin John is leaping for joy at the sound of Mary's voice. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. There is joy and merriment all around. Young Mary, who had only recently been visited by the angel Gabriel and told she was going to conceive and give birth to a son who would be called Jesus, was there with her cousin. This Mary is now sharing in the joy with her cousin and her cousin's baby and all those around. I found a couple of pictures online to help capture this moment, so Geraldine's gonna scroll through, but you can also use your own prophetic imagination to imagine what this would have been like for her to travel this long distance, I'll give you the exact number of that in a minute, and just, I love this last one, just the joy of being pregnant together, of them knowing scriptures and the unfolding and what was going on here, that scripture was being fulfilled. We don't have any information about Mary's parents or if she had siblings. We do know that she was betrothed to Joseph and that she had a cousin named Elizabeth who was obviously very important to her, much older than her, so maybe she was more like an older sister or mother figure. Mary traveled from Nazareth to a town in the hill country of Judea, Looking this up, it said this is anywhere from 80 to 100 miles to be with her cousin. So she stayed there for three months, because if you're going to be pregnant and travel that far, you're not going to go right back home. So she was there for three months, hanging out and probably eating some good food, keeping Zachariah busy, quietly busy. And uh, yeah, that's a joke. That's for Jimmy. Uh, One source I read stated that Mary must have been bursting to talk to a woman who could personally understand her excitement, her wonder, and probably her nervousness too. Mary's trip also demonstrates the call of community, end quote. The latter part of that sentence is something I want us to sit with for a moment. Mary's trip also demonstrates the call of community. This community of Elizabeth, who is with child, Mary, who is with child, Zechariah, the Holy Spirit, and many others who, once again, are not named in Scripture, are part of this community surrounding these women. This community who all together get to experience the joy of the news of a Savior who has come. In verses one, sorry, in the verses I read from Luke two, the joy of sharing in the good news is, a, is on also on full display. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for A, says, for unto you a child is born, to you a son is given. So we see another community. We've seen these two women. We see this community, and I love this picture. I found it last year. I don't know if it's claymation, but basically, Mary's had the baby and notice she's still in travel clothes. There's a shepherd sleeping behind them. I I love it because it's so earthy (laughs) and probably more realistic than like, you know, the perfectly done hair, et cetera, and the pictures that we often see. So we see this community and the joy in it yet again. It's even bigger. This newly born baby will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
and many are there to witness this. We have the shepherds and flocks and heavenly hosts, and eventually some wise men come with some gifts, and many more unnamed women and children and men who were there to witness the birth of this baby. So simply put, this birth was spectacular. Everybody was there, everybody was present. And yet, as spectacular and joyous of an occasion as this is, it is only the beginning. One author put it this way, Christmas is about something far more radical than a baby born in a barn, tired cliches or sentimental stereotypes, The birth of Jesus foreshadows something unspeakably joyful, even cosmic. Yes, John 1.14 states that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that is the beginning of his story on earth. And further along in John 1, we read John, the cousin, proclaiming, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We know that Jesus was walking towards John when he proclaimed this news. All of this because of Jesus' great love came as a baby in a manger, but was so much more than just that moment. And as we continue to see scripture, we also know that scripture, as time goes on, just keeps being more and more fulfilled, the telling of this. So I'm gonna read Isaiah 53, the whole thing, so get comfortable, because I feel like that's the whole, that's the whole message right there. Isaiah 53, starting at verse two, so okay, you don't get one verse. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. This again is the word of the Lord. Sorry, there's more, oh gosh, I was ready to have us be done. He was signed a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God for that. And this is where the joy comes in. We just read about Jesus' journey, so we know he was born, but he 
the important part is that he came as a man on our behalf. He came as a person willing to die for us. This is where the joy comes in. Jesus lighted the world, making a way for us, offering us salvation, giving us hope. Personally, I think I need to read Isaiah 53 daily as a reminder of what he's done, as a reminder of a love letter to me, to us. As believers, we rely on God's word and the truths empowered to us through it. We seek to know and love God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three, because all three are equally a part of things. All of them present to us, loving us. And yet this joy I have been re referencing to can feel, as we, we referenced earlier, it can feel far away. It can feel hard to grasp or even blocked. What do we do with that reality? This is the third Sunday in Advent and we're talking about joy. And there's a lot of joyfulness and happiness happening around us. But what do we do when those things feel blocked or hard to grasp? Because that is a very real feeling, a very real thing going on with a lot of us. Yesterday, a friend of mine who is a pastor and licensed therapist posted on Instagram this. How does a weary world rejoice when there's loss, pain, and suffering? And this is a pastor and a therapist asking this question, so I was like, well, if you don't know, <laughs> we all in trouble. <laughs> no, um, she, she's a real deal, and yeah. All I could think was of this, you know, as I was writing this was the same question, like, Lord, I wanna talk about joy and rejoicing, and I am so grateful that you came, and I'm so grateful for what you've done for me and all of mankind, womankind, et cetera kind, but there is so much pain, there's so much darkness, there's like, I don't know, are the years getting worse or what? I just, I was in this space, so to see that was really good for me to have somebody asking the question too. Like I said, I love this time of year, but can our hearts keep breaking the way they have been? You look at the news, we look at our own stories, we look at scenarios all around and it's like, okay God, we wanna rejoice in this wonderful thing, yet we hold this, the reality of this tension. What we're experiencing in our own pain and suffering is very real, so I was tracking with my friend Joella and that question. And perhaps some of you are asking the same question. Okay, this is supposed to be a happy time, this is supposed to be, you know, it's looked this way in years past, but I feel this heaviness, I feel this loss, I feel something going on. What do, what do we do with our weary world, our weary selves? And she did actually answer the question, <laughs> so it kind of came full circle to what we've been talking about already. She then posted this. Sometimes it may seem easier to grow numb and apathetic with a thought that they can handle it or falling to the extreme of, the world's about to end, this is horrible. But some of these issues were here 50 years ago and 100 years ago. There have been issues that we've been dealing with. So how do we rejoice? Well, we do what our ancestors did to survive, we hold on. We stay connected, we tap into the well of joy that does exist. We remind ourselves that the Spirit of God is still performing miracles, shifting things around in its time. That's the end quote. But I want to take one little phrase she said, we hold on. Because what's the alternative, folks, if we don't hold on? When I texted the same friend telling her I was using her post in my message, she then texted back, we just need to sit together in it, holding each other. And that's the community piece I referenced earlier with Mary, with Elizabeth, with Zechariah, with the angels, with the flock. That's the community piece that's important. And staying connected, 
One of the various, one of the, you know, I mean, I'm connected to so many communities. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm very social. I love people, and community is, is, is one of my happy places. And yes, there are also in community, as much as there are difficult things, there's also really good things. People becoming pregnant, that's a really good thing that we get to celebrate in community. Your children doing well, a really good thing we can celebrate in community. Hundreds of gifts being wrapped upstairs for homeless children and people coming from Venezuela who have never probably had what they're going to get from CCO. Wow, we get to do that in community and celebrate. What a gift. And yet, there is the reality that we also can bring to community, that of aging parents who are slowly slipping away, that of our children really, really struggling, that of a world that looks like a 2020 dumpster fire. Remember that? That's what we said, dumpster fire, along with droplets. We have these moments that we also can bring to community. Weary world rejoicing and being together in community. And ultimately, in Christ, we have an example of embodied hope, embodied peace, embodied joy, and embodied love. And he's solid. I need to serve a God that's solid. How about y'all? A God that is reliable, a God that is present. Somebody that is walking alongside me and goes, yep, I get it, I get it, you're not alone. How does a weary world rejoice? We hold on to him. We go back to the words of Isaiah 53. We remember he took on our pain, our suffering. He bore our sins. He understands what we're going through, those things that we don't want to say out loud even. He understands. He is with us in it. Like I said, it was short. Rejoice, O weary world, rejoice. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.